Ed Peters and I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We continue on today with our study in Matthew chapter 1. On our previous study, we began to focus on Mary, the young lady chosen by God for the honor and responsibility of bringing our Lord and Savior into the world. For the approximate 2,000 years since the birth of Christ, some traditions have taken place that surround the life of Mary and elevate her to a position of deity. We began to look at some of these traditions on our previous study, and we will continue this subject today, being careful to use God's Word as our source. Beginning with verse 18 and continuing through verse 25 of chapter 1, Matthew gives us the facts that surround our Lord's birth, and here, once again, is what he writes. These are the facts concerning the birth of Jesus Christ. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her fiancé, being a man of stern principle, decided to break the engagement, but to do it quietly, as he didn't want to publicly disgrace her. As he lay awake considering this, he fell into a dream and saw an angel standing beside him. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Don't hesitate to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you shall name him Jesus, meaning Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. This will fulfill God's message through his prophets. Listen, the virgin shall conceive a child. She shall give birth to a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel commanded and brought Mary home to be his wife. But she remained a virgin until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Children, and our joy, join our voices, echoing His love, song of glory. 
here with today's study is Pastor Henry Horder. I focused yesterday on several questions regarding Mary, the mother of Jesus. Should Mary be called the mother of God? Should prayer be addressed to Mary? Is she the mediatrix for man before God? Does she intercede or pray to God for us? Should she be worshipped? I began yesterday by emphasizing the fact that we must get answers to our questions from the scriptures, and the scriptures only. Any pronouncement made by synods or courts in the past do not carry the authority of the Bible, nor does tradition. A great deal of dogma about Mary has grown up over the centuries since the New Testament. All of this must be carefully evaluated by what the New Testament writers say. While Mary was chosen by God to bear the Redeemer, she was just a simple Jewish maiden who had the unique privilege of being chosen by God for this task. Now I want to focus on several more questions today, although I'll come back to this in some later programs, but what about the virgin birth? What does this mean? The angel appeared to Joseph, who had decided to quietly divorce his pregnant betrothed wife, and said to him, Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 1:18. It is clear from the New Testament accounts that Mary was a virgin when she conceived. Hers was a virginal conception. But actually, the facts go further than just the conception. The Apostles' Creed reads that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. If Mary was a virgin when Jesus was born, it follows that she was also a virgin when he was conceived. Not only did Joseph and Mary not come together for the conception of Jesus, evidently they refrained from sexual union until after his birth. In chapter 125, Matthew writes about Joseph that he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. Miraculously, her virginity remained intact until after the birth of Jesus. Both the conception and the birth of Christ were miraculous. To the natural human mind, this is difficult to accept. But when you consider who God is, then this miracle is not difficult to accept. How big is God? The virginal conception and virgin birth may be unreasonable to the human mind unless one has a proper view of God. Now, the clear implication is that following Jesus' birth, Joseph and Mary lived as normal man and wife. Mary did not remain a perpetual virgin for the rest of her life. She and Joseph lived together as man and wife and raised a family. Jesus had half-brothers and half-sisters. If Mary remained a perpetual virgin and had no further children than Jesus, then who were these brothers and sisters of Jesus? Some have suggested that they were children of Joseph from an earlier marriage, or that they were really cousins of Jesus, children of Mary's sister Clopas. It must be said that such views have no support in the Scriptures, neither in the New Testament nor in the prophetic passages from the Old. Another question regarding Mary. Is it necessary to consider Mary as having been free from sin, from her conception on at least to the birth of Jesus? 
is it necessary to assume that she did not possess the sin nature, original sin, and therefore did no acts of sin? Was she, like Eve before her fall, sinless and innocent? The Bible appears to present Mary as a normal young woman, born like all humans after sin entered the human race. The full deity of Jesus does not depend on Mary being sinless. While she was tremendously favored and blessed, and while she was a godly person, she was human like all of us. The miracle of Jesus' godhood and the miracle of redemption does not depend on Mary's sinlessness. There is another legend that dates to the latter part of the 4th century that teaches Mary's bodily assumption to heaven by Jesus himself that she was transported body and soul to heaven. This too has no biblical support, nor is there any historical evidence for it, nor is it necessary for the Christian faith. I have great concern that the plain and simple gospel of Jesus Christ not be clouded by extraneous traditions. The Bible is clear, as Matthew here indicates, when he quotes the angel who said to Joseph, What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. That's what Jesus came to do, to save us humans, to take all our sin upon himself as God's perfect sacrifice. And by identifying with him, our sins are forgiven. Then it is well with my soul.
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.